Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. I give honor to the Trinity Godhead, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for another day that we have not seen. Thank you for new mercies. Thank you for your grace. Praise God. Thank you. I ask that you open the hearts of the hearers, that the seed of your word fall on good ground in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you give me the grace to minister what you have given me. All this I ask in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it. Amen. Praise God. Well, last week, excuse me, the last few weeks, we've been talking about love. And this week, we want to talk about forgiveness. And at times, that actually ties into how we love. Jesus, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, is foretelling the things that will happen in the end times. And in verse 12, he says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, but the the King James Version says, because iniquity, iniquity means sins, secret sins, the hidden sins of the heart. Because iniquity shall abound or be prevalent, the love of many, many shall wax or grow cold. So forgiveness is a big part of safeguarding our heart from our love growing cold. And forgiveness is also the remedy. And we need to be aware of the enemy's devices and his tactics because if he can stop us from loving, he can render us powerless because love is the governing force that brings about power in our lives and in the body of Christ. So forgiveness is one of the keys to maintain the condition of our heart, to keep our love, our peace, and power intact. And it's a big part of our healing. Some of us don't receive the healing that Jesus has made available for us because we have unforgiveness in our heart. You know, the Lord also showed me that sometimes it's hard to forgive because of our ideologies or beliefs and myths surrounding forgiveness, what we think forgiveness is or what it's not. It can become a stumbling block or hindrance to us forgiving forgiving based on our ideologies or the the way we think is supposed to happen. Just a couple of quick examples. We may think if we forgive a person, they'll think they got away with what they did or we're accepting or condoning their behavior against us. And in some cases, we want to get them back. And I understand this. And I'm saying to you, not so. They're not getting away with anything and we're not condoning or accepting their behavior when we forgive. Actually, biblically, they are indebted to us. Matthew 6, verse 12, is an example of that. When Jesus is telling his disciples how to pray, 
And he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So that's a real life example that people are indebted to us, just like we're indebted to them. And he was talking about offenses there. Not so much money, offenses. Yet, Roman 12, verse 19 reads, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 21 also reads, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the father will take care of them. He will take care of the situation. Don't you worry. So we don't have to pay anybody back. We don't have to, to um, make bad matters worse by trying to handle the situation ourselves. And it doesn't take anything away from us. It doesn't mean we're weak, as some people would think. No, it just means that we're trusting God. Another thing we may think is if we forgive a person, we think we're supposed to reconcile with them. And that's not so either. That, that's not always the case. We just need to forgive. That's the part that we do. Because some people, we, we don't need to allow them to remain in our life. It doesn't mean get back together. It just means to forgive in some cases. Also, forgiveness is a decision. A lot of people don't know that. We go by feelings, but forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision, a choice we make. However, when we do forgive from the heart, feelings do catch up and the hurt starts to subside and peace begins to reside in the place of the pain. It is a process. Yet, the Lord will do this in us. He'll do this for us. And it's important to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us in the process. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 15, it's talking about Jesus being our high priest. And it reads, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize or cannot be touched by the feeling of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he is in touch. He can sympathize with our infirmities, our weaknesses, our inability to do or perform a thing. Verse 16 reads, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we need to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find the grace to help us in our time of need. Because not only does Jesus identify with us because he has been tempted at all points, tested at all points is the best way to say that, as far as offenses, and he has passed the test. And he can give us the grace, the power to pass the test in our time of need. We just need to rely on him. The last point I'm going to make today is forgiveness is more so for us than it is for the other person. That we be free from the imprisonment of the hurt and pain. Let's go to Matthew, the 18th chapter. And this is the parable of the unforgiving servant, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. <clears throat> 
Now, 10,000 talents back then was a lot. One talent was equal to 6,000 denarii. And that was like 6,000 days of work or 16 years of labor, one talent. And this servant owed 10,000 talents, which today equals like $10 million. Verse 25, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. So he's going to, he, the, the master is, or this king is saying for him to be sold, him and his wife and his children, and they can work off the debt in order to pay it off. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now, I believe not only was the master moved with compassion in order to release him, but I believe that the master knew that there was no way that this servant could pay such an insurmountable <laughs> amount of money no matter how long he worked, him and his wife and children, to pay it off. It was impossible. So he had compassion and released him. This is also a picture of sin, the sin debt that Jesus paid for us that we, we could in no wise, no way, pay that sin debt for ourselves. He had to do it because it was an insurmountable amount of sin that we have done in our life against God and against others. And there's no way we would be, be able to catch up and, and pay that debt. So Jesus paid that debt in full. Anyway, verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And a denarii that he owed, a hundred denarii? And I looked in two places. It either came to six dollars and two cents or $131.52, depend on where um, you research. Do you see, oh God, do you see um, what's happening here? And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Verse 31 reads, So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then this master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servants, just as I had pity on you? Well, praise God, there is a lot in this, but it looks like that's all we have time for today. I pray you join me for the conclusion of the whole matter next week. I do thank you for joining me. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B, and until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end-time ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God. 
restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Revelation 22:17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let those that hear say, Come, and let them that are athirst come. They that will, let them take the water of life freely. If you would like to contact or be a blessing to the ministry, Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.